the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hey, welcome to the Worldview Media Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon, and with me is... A woman who has never confessed to murder, my wife Joyce. Never confessed. Never <laughs> confessed. Never been caught. There you go. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we will speak no more along these lines. Ah, nobody listens anyway. We're all right. Hey, we're talking about... A movie called The Suspicions of Mr. Witcher, a series of British films. And this series of movies is called The Suspicions of Mr. Witcher. We got it on Amazon Prime. You can look it up on YouTube. And I, think I don't it, know if it's on YouTube. Well, I saw a place where they have a link on YouTube where you go to YouTube and find it and it'll send you somewhere else. Mm. Like maybe Netflix or something like that. Hmm, interesting. And we didn't watch all four of these. There are four, I guess it's like a mini-series. Yeah, the first one is actually based off of a real-life character and situation that happened. Yeah. And then the other three are uh, fictional so, accounts. Yeah, so Mr. Witcher was a... Real dude. Inspector in the London police office. I believe he worked for Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard. Yeah. Is that the same thing as the London police office? Oh, no, is that Scotland? <laughs> Scotland Yard isn't in Scotland. <laughs> you never read Sherlock Holmes? I only see the movies. <laughs> uh, so in this, in this movie, there is a fairly wealthy family that experiences a terrible crime where they wake up in the morning and find out that they're uh, we would call them a preschooler uh, three or four yeah. age age three or four their son was snatched out of his little uh, kid crib and taken off and murdered and then hid in <laughs> basically the outhouse hid yeah. in the, in the, the cesspool yeah and so there's a great outcry it's a it's a horrific crime. The community's up in arms, and it kind of goes viral in the 19th century version of going viral. And yeah. the police feel a great pressure to act quickly and mm -hmm. find out who did this. So you have this interaction then between Mr. Witcher, who's the big city inspector. Yeah. And he goes out to this more rural town where they hate everybody from the big city and well they've they already got it figured them. out and they you know when something like that happens you're always looking for somebody that's expendable oh okay well you're not really that important so let's say you did it it's easier to say it could be you yeah, yeah. so anyway there's an old constable there and if you're going to figure out what kind of character he is, he kind of represents old school ways of doing everything in yeah, England the good old boy yeah, I guess they're really, <laughs> from what I'm hearing, not just here, but in other things that I listen to, I I guess back in that day, there really was such an attitude that said that if you were a certain, if you were of a sufficient higher 
status mm-hmm. in society than it afforded you some luxuries. Yeah, you didn't some privilege. When if you were thought maybe mm-hmm. you were guilty of a crime, maybe they didn't investigate you as hard as yeah, they would seriously. somebody else. Yeah. And they'd treat you with kid gloves compared to if you were lower class, you know, they'd trample all over your rights. And, and you, maybe. Yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and that was a real thing. And it, that's not a thing that happened, like, under the cover of darkness. Because I feel like we still have that in the United States a little bit. But nobody wants to admit that that happens. And when we yeah. find out that it does happen, everybody's upset about it. Yeah. But... That was out in the open that everybody knew, no, that's just the way it works. The police are going to treat this group a lot better than they treat yeah. this group here. And so the constable in the small town kind of represents that idea. And in comes Mr. Witcher, who is more unbiased and he's all mm-hmm. about solving the crime. And Well, he's, a, he's one looking for evidence. He's looking for actual facts and what he can find as physical evidence and what he can determine. Right. And this is after, you know, they've been at it for a little while, this guy right. comes in. Right. And, of course, there's no procedures for handling anything. <laughs> right. There's no procedures about, okay, this is what we do. We call people in. We talk to them. We take notes. You know, we, if there's anything at the scene, we take pictures. We do this. Nothing. No, they didn't do anything. I mean, there was no standardized. No investigatory procedure okay but he goes there the reason they choose him to go is because he apparently has a reputation and he's very he's highly thought of yeah he can figure things out and he's kind of a mild man soft-spoken guy and so he goes and eventually lands on the right person has some trouble finding the evidence to convict the right person and there's kind of a a twist at the end that we'll talk about in the second segment, okay. I think. But uh, what did you think overall? Just uh, as a movie, what was your thought? It's it's an all right movie. I mean, it's not uh, terribly difficult to watch. I mean, it's it's a bad thing that's happened, but they're not excessive and... The violence or in overexposing, you know, I think you do something like that today and you've got blood and gore and, <laughs> right. you know, it's just... It would be a lot more yeah, graphic. It's like, just yeah. done up to another level. Um, I thought the actors were were good. I, it's a, another period piece. So uh, the scenery and the costuming and stuff like that was really very nice. It's, you know, it's not a like a superty-duperty movie to me, <laughs> no, no. but it's not a bad movie. Well, just in terms of if you're interested in if you're interested in the genre of murder mysteries and the hardworking detective who won't who won't stop until he's found the criminal. I mean, this kind of is that, mm-hmm. and so there is that. It's kind of a slow moving yeah deal. There are no gunfights or action no. scenes. Or, <laughs> no. But it's not a terribly long movie, so right. You know, sometimes you have movies the like that of that last for is not, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. You want to kill yourself before it's over. <laughs> right. Well, you know, since we've been doing this podcast, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, 
for a long time, we were sustained and kind of going week to week, talking about movies that we had seen, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and eventually we went through the library of movies that we were willing to watch again. To, well, there's time involved with that. Yeah, and, there is, and it, these are older movies as well. You know, right, that's not, what I'm saying, and and so it's not that I wouldn't watch the movies we have again. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that we're kind of in a stage now where we find ourselves at some point in the week kind of scrambling to, oh, man, we have to watch something. And we don't. Sometimes it takes us a while to find something to watch. And when we do that, we haven't always been pleasantly surprised by what we've you know, yeah, and there's negotiating that in. goes on. Right. You know, what about this one? No, I don't, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, what about this one? No, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> so, yeah. So overall, I, I, I think this was probably it was different than what I w- was expecting. Yeah, and I don't know that I would say it was better, but for what it was, it was fine. Yeah, and. If we were over at somebody's house and they and playing on the TV, they wanted to watch a, the next episode of this show. Series, I think yeah. we'd be all right with that. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to be part of our sparkling conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we can sparkling. watch this. We could watch a movie. So I'd give it about a B. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So nothing horrible about it, and there are when we get into the next. Well, we might as well talk about it now. We've got some time in this first segment. <laughs> there were some... One of the things that fascinated me about it was the fact that this was based on a true story mm-hmm. and that the way it all comes to a head and the way it's all completed is apparently real. Mm-hmm. I think you couldn't write this story fictionally and have it work the way that it did. You'd have everybody kind of calling baloney at the end. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and because it just... Well, it's involved. It's kind of complicated. I was a little surprised by the end result of it. And they didn't really expound on right. the why. No, right. And so... I think that would be interesting to see the why of the end because, yeah. you know, this is a bad thing that happened. Right. And, uh, but it's a messed up family. Hello, yet yeah, again, yeah, right, messed right. up families everywhere. Yeah. And so the thing about it was, well, should we just talk about no. it? I feel like maybe after we the break. Spoil it. After the break. Well, my. <laughs> okay, but. Let me just say then, yeah, you're probably right. That's the way we should do it. But l- let me just say that <laughs> the way the way it does end at the last, mm-hmm. like I say, I think any author would be in trouble if he just, bam, put that in. Yeah. Because it looks Can very much what? like <laughs> it's incongruous with everything that had happened previously. Yeah. You know, there was no setup. There was no hint that this might be the way it works out. I actually think writing, you can get away with a lot of stuff if you set it up, yeah. you know, and let people know, oh, this could be a thing. And yeah. It's within the realm of possibility. But there was nothing like that here. And in fact, the turnaround at the end was so unlike 
what we had seen mm -hmm. from the one particular character, that it was really pretty shocking. And so I'm listening, I was listening to a lecture on an article or an essay that Tolkien had written about fairy stories. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the components that Tolkien, I think he coined the term for it. He talked about eucatastrophe. Have you heard that? No. Okay, well, a catastrophe is just a bad thing happening out of the blue. Yeah. Tolkien had this idea of a eucatastrophe. So it happens to you? No, it's uh, <laughs> not Y-O-U. It's E-U. Not you and I. <laughs> right. It's it's E-U. And that's like good or noble okay, or pleasant. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a eucatastrophe is when something... Uh, unexpected and, and good and amazingly helpful happens. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to say, he, he argues that a eucatastrophe, we really do see these in the way we live our lives. But as soon as you write them into fiction, you get accused of DSX, DSX machina, mm -hmm. where you're just, you know, dropping a piano on the head of the bad guy right yeah. at the end. And it's an easy act. <laughs> right. And he's, his definition of a eucatastrophe was really pretty neat. He said a eucatastrophe is a moment of unexpected, unearned grace. And so mm. he really did see it in terms of a overall Christian worldview. Uh, the specific instance that was being talked about was like in The Hobbit where the good guys get rescued by giant eagles just out yeah. of nowhere. And well, not out of nowhere. Well, really, Gandalf just kind involved. of out of nowhere. And, uh, and so the eagles show up at just the right time and save the day, and, and there's not much set up for that. And so Tolkien there was. would... He talked to the thing. That was... You're talking the Lord of the Rings movie. Where he talked to the little moth guy? Yeah, little No, moth that's guy. a different thing. Oh, you're talking about the Hobbit. Yeah, the eagles save the Hobbit. I think oh. in the movie they're up in the tree or something. Well, when you said save the Hobbit, I was thinking sad. Because <laughs> 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 they are hobbits. Well, they are hobbits. <laughs> okay, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> sorry, it sorry. Was, it, it was you catastrophe in both places. And uh, <sighs> anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So that... Tolkien was arguing that if you're if the if the world you're writing about is a world that is governed the way our world is governed mm -hmm. by a good and gracious God who mm -hmm. wants who wants good people to triumph over the wicked, then you catastrophe is valid. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of meditating on that idea and then watched this movie and I still think you'd have a lot of people freaking out about it and saying, you can't, <laughs> just, you can't just do your story like that. That's an easy out that fixes everything all at once. And Well, I didn't know if it really fixed. Well, it fixed a lot of things. It did bring some measure of justice. It worked out to be not very much. But, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll but in, in, terms of, in terms of figuring out the puzzle and and justifying Mr. Witcher and stuff like that. Yeah. So 
my point was again that it'd be hard to write that in. You'd have to really set that up beforehand. Well, and I don't think that's an ending that you just come up with naturally. You know, that's not. Yeah. Well, would a Christian though? I don't know. I. I haven't seen much good. No. That's... <laughs> <laughs> You're you back know. on that again. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, just talking. And you were the one wanting to watch that Kevin Sorbo Christian thing. And you're the one who is completely against yeah, it. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> but the thing is, too, you know, I think we need to look realistically at what's being put out at, under the Christian label. I know uh, the big new movie out is that, uh, is it I Can Only Imagine? Oh, yeah. And everybody's going all crazy talking about it, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. What are they saying in this? What's, you know, how has it been? Well, your big beef is when Christian movies are ambiguous and they don't just say either one way or the other. Yeah. Either be. But sometimes they say it and they say it so poorly. Yeah, right. That right. it's just like, don't say anything. Right. Because. Well, my sense, we haven't seen that movie, but no. my sense from looking at it is they're probably more direct and explicit. So, so you might like that better. Well, I would. With the group that actually does the music, I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. All right. Well, that took us far afield. That was, just a, that was just a plotting point for me. I felt like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the way it worked out, but I... You enjoyed the way it worked out? Yeah, just because you don't see an ending like that anywhere. Oh, okay. But the only way that works is because it really did apparently it, happen yeah. that way. You know, yeah, interesting. You can get away with stuff telling the truth that you can't get away with just telling a fictional Tell story, a story. Apparently. So anyway, that was pretty cool. Although there was some storytelling in this here thing. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a break and come back and and we'll be all spoilery and talking about thematic stuff. All right. See ya. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. back worldview media podcast we're talking about the suspicions of mr witcher is mm -hmm. it is it plural suspicions mm -hmm. yes and it's the first one it's the murder at road, road hill, hill house. house yeah 
Okay, so here's the segment where we talk more in terms of the thematic stuff. Do you have anything on your mind? Well, I think this is just a real good example of the just the fallen nature of of man. <laughs> you know, the yeah, whole for real. the whole deal, the the dad, the stepmom who used to be the nanny to the kids while his wife was dying. Right. <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of uh miss misappropriate behavior going on and all this stuff <laughs> misappropriate it's just well because the dad's actually having an affair with a nanny who's there to take care of the kids because his wife is dying and as soon as right. she's dead then right. he marries the nanny yeah and so the nanny is then elevated up over the stepchildren not as a nanny anymore certainly not the promiscuous nanny but the <laughs> she's the, the legit wife woman of the house now yep. yeah and they're having their own children and you know, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah. I think if in terms of overall worldview, because it is a true story, you can't help but have, you almost can't help but have the background of the film is the world that God made, mm -hmm. you know, where men do act this way. Mm -hmm. and. There was one place, I don't know if you noticed it, but when the master of the house, his son had, is the one who had been murdered, mm -hmm. but his daughter became a suspect mm -hmm. and eventually was revealed to have actually done it. And he, there was one place where he was obviously torn and said as much mm -hmm. that he wanted he was torn between wanting justice for his son and not wanting to know what his daughter may have done yeah you know and i just wow i think i see that all over and especially on social media where you'll see christians get outraged about this or that and and especially you know just dealing with reconstructionist radio stuff it's shocking to me how many Christians are more concerned with the way you point out sin than they are with the sin <laughs> the itself. Sin, yeah. And uh, they'll really freak out, you know. And and it's disheartening to me. Mm -hmm. It another Tolkien phrase. It 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 threatens to take the heart from me. You know, I feel it being sucked out of my chest by this. Uh, willingness even on the part of Christians to really major on the wrong things. There's actual sin happening over yeah. here. And then Christians stand up and criticize that and shine a light on it. And now the discussion isn't about the sin, but it's about how the light was shined. Yeah. And you were inconsiderate. Right. You didn't care about the Tone police yeah. jumping out of the woodwork. And yeah. But that's really a fruit of the church not doing what it should have always been doing. Yeah, in what way? Well, just preaching the yeah, right Yeah, what's things? Sunday morning about? Are right. you learning scripture? Are you learning <laughs> what sin is? Are you learning why you sin? Are you learning why it's bad? Uh, right. That there really is actually sin? You oh, know, it's right, not right. just... I can live how I want so long as I don't really hurt anybody else. Right. And are you being taught about a God who actually hates sin? Well, who's holy. Yeah. 
And no, the answer is no. And so then right. it's not about sin. It's about, well, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. You hurt my friend's feelings. Don't you know these people have feelings? Don't you know they have a soul? <laughs> right. And God loves everybody equally. And how come you can't be yeah. nice to everybody? Yeah. And it's like, well, but I have people in my family that are like this. And I'm like, well, why aren't you talking to them? <laughs> right. Well, that's just it. Well, You're... I do. And I tell them, you know, God loves you. <laughs> Hello. Right. That's just it. You know, you've known about these bad things happening for decades. You've refused to say anything about it. And then when somebody does come up with the courage to say something, no, they're the bad guys. Yeah. Because they don't understand. They're just, right. Yeah. They're harsh. Yeah, it's really ridiculous. But that's a fruit of the of our churches. Yeah. Of not being in the Bible. Yeah, right. Well, and then... So my point in bringing it up is that I do think you see that sort of thing happening in the in the movie that we're talking about. Mr. Witcher really goes in unbiased, and his his whole desire is just to find who did the crime and mm-hmm. and seek justice for that. And you have people who should be on his side. Mm-hmm. You have the constable. You even have the family of the victim. Mm-hmm. And now they're warring against him, and they're they're actually purposely taking steps to deceive him as he's trying to figure out who killed their kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of, I mean, it's not shocking, but that it is, still happens it is today, interesting. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but it's, um, you know, like I said, this guy comes in after the fact. It's probably a couple of weeks after. You know, they're trying to pin it on the nanny. Right. And she's not crying enough, so she's got to be bad. Right. You know, because she didn't really care about the kid. Or she was the, the new nanny having the affair with the right. with the lord of the house. And the kid woke up, and so now they had to do him in. And, uh, But he, this is a detail guy, you know. So he's just looking through what everybody else has looked through, and he's picking up things. Well, right. this isn't right. Yeah. Where's this item? How come I can't find these things? Uh, well, the lady lost them. No, I didn't lose nothing, <laughs> you know. And it's always trying to blame somebody of a lower yeah, level. Yeah, lots of blame shifting. That, you know, well, this person isn't as important, so it's okay if they get you blamed. You can stick it on them easily. Because, yeah. you know, this isn't a big deal. They just stole a little thing. And so that's still bad. It's not going to be really bad for them. Well, maybe. but And, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit about the last movie we watched previously, which was The Inspector Calls, An Inspector. And just how, because I'm someone who has status, yeah. I should be able to manipulate the situation <laughs> right. to my benefit because I'm important. And somebody else really doesn't matter that much because they're not me. Yeah, right. And well, and especially with a little boy that was killed, you know. Sure. Well, so the big reveal at the end, I feel like we need to talk about it. It's it's thematic, All right. and it's it's the surprising thing. the The teenage daughter that Mister Witcher winds up suspecting, mm-hmm. and the title of the movie comes from a thing where a lawyer and says in front of everybody that he has no evidence, he has no witnesses. Yeah, the whole case is built on the suspicions of Mister Witcher, and yeah. that's all he had was his suspicions. And so he suspects this teenage girl, and she's very smart, and she's able to deflect him. She doesn't 
break during interrogation or anything like that. Yeah. And so uh, she gets away with it. She's acquitted, and and it winds up well, destroying. But his, his key witnesses who had told him other things suddenly come yeah, up and they're, they're recanting. So, oh yeah. no, I never said anything like that. Right. This. So he's got nothing by the time yeah. it goes to trial. Literally nothing except the story that he no tells proof, to nobody explain to it. validate. Yeah. Well, so it winds up ruining his reputation, and the powerful people are mad that he accused the the, the daughter the daughter of the powerful family. So he loses his job. Yeah. He's in despair. He's becoming drunk and disheveled and, and all this. And so months afterwards, I guess we were well, just reading on Wikipedia. Months. It was like five years later yeah. that this teenage girl had gotten hooked up with some Christian well, she ministry got sent of some to a kind. Convent or something. Her father sent her away. Yeah, it wasn't clear exactly what kind of ministry it was. It might have been a, but it was something where she had to regularly make confession of sin. Yeah. So I'm sure it was some kind of Catholic thing. And then, so the big surprise is that she apparently has a crisis of conscience. And winds up confessing to the crime that she did, in fact, kill her stepbrother. Yeah. And so they reopen the trial, and and she winds up being, being convicted of murder. And so Mr. Witcher's reputation is restored. He was right all along. Mm -hmm. And the the bad guy, the constable, he wasn't... Mm -hmm. He wasn't a villain. He he was just. He just wasn't very helpful. He was a sinner who was not helpful and yeah. and well, purposely withholding evidence and. He disregarded it, and by the time, it was brought to light that this really could be a an important item, it was too late. It was too late. Couldn't yeah. find it again. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's he winds up having to confess publicly that he did the wrong things and huge mistakes in the mm -hmm. investigation and all that probably could have ruined his career at minimum could have ruined yeah. his career i didn't know if he was liable to criminal charges for some of that where he yeah. didn't he withheld information from the investigator so i don't know I don't so know what rules they had back then <laughs> no it seemed like they were kind of making them up a little on but i guess my whole thing is can you really have to set that up in a story if you're going to write that in? You know, it just seems so weird mm -hmm. to have this girl out of the blue just have this crisis of conscience, like I say, and, and come forward. Well, even in that in that confession, we don't really know exactly what she confessed to, right. or if there was an accomplice with her, which yeah. is. Highly, highly probable. Yeah. And, of course, the clergyman says, I can't give you this information because yeah. that's, you know, classified, privy <laughs> stuff. I can't, you know, I can't divulge right. this to you because then who's going to tell me anything? <laughs> and the girl does actually do some sort of written statement, but it's probably just very frank and no details. And, right. yeah, this is what happened. Right. Well, what I kind of wanted to point out is I'll make a confession, my own confession here, is that uh, 
I listen to this podcast called Cold Case Files. <laughs> yeah. And it's not graphic or anything, but it's like uh, Bill Curtis, the famous news anchor and stuff. They do this podcast called Cold Case Files where they just talk about, well, that's what it is. It's yeah. murder cases that have gone cold and something happens and they somebody figures out who did it and they bring the guy to justice a long time later. Mm -hmm. And just the pattern that I noticed is before DNA testing, about the only way a cold case was ever solved is when the murderer confessed it. Yeah. Either to a jail inmate. Yeah. Or like they got caught for something else or, and they're like, well, right. let me tell you. <laughs> And that, really, there's no other way, really, that these things were ever solved. And it, I just think it's an amazing gift. It's kind of a, an amazing grace of God that DNA testing is now a thing. And these cold cases, they're, I'm snapping my fingers now, they're just getting solved left and right as they take this blood evidence that's been stored away in a storehouse for decades mm -hmm. and submit it for testing and somebody comes up and there was no way to find them before and now killers uh, are being brought to justice decades of, uh, later. in the garden when their blood cried out for justice. Right, their blood cries yes. out. Yeah, that was a little after the garden. But well. In that ballpark. In that, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it just started me thinking about, I think that DNA testing, a hundred years from now, people will kind of look back on it as like the criminologist equivalent of the invention of the printing press. I mean, it just seems like so much stuff is being solved that would have never been solved before. Mm -hmm. The idea that the Sherlock Holmes kind of detective is going to find the the thread on the doorknob in the wrong place and that's gonna unlock the whole mystery you know that never that never actually happens it's either by confession or by the dna evidence that's how you solve these cold cases or cases without witnesses who can be helpful and all that and uh so it was really interesting and and that's kind of what this reminded me of that it's kind of a neat thing to realize we have. It's harder for criminals to get away, mm -hmm. you know. So kind of a grace of God in that. All right, you got anything else on this? Well, so you would think that this girl would be punished. She should hang. You would think so. But she does not hang. What she happens to not. her? There's some sort of public outcry. Because she's from a powerful family. Well, they don't say. They don't say if it's because she's had some type of conversion or there's like all this dirt about her family and how messed up <laughs> right. they are. And even the detective tells the father, ultimately, this is on you. You yeah. know, this whole thing is on you because you didn't do what was right. And, you know, I think he's... It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's true. His own sins kind of came home to roost. Yeah. yeah. So I guess she was uh, prison for 20 years, which is still a good chunk of time. Yeah. And then she was released, and then she goes to live with her brother. Her Who everybody suspected she may have been trying to protect. protect. And probably had had a hand in killing the stepbrother. Right. 
That was the in Australia, which is a prison colony, just (laughs) by the way. And she lives until she's a hundred years old. Wow. Well, that's amazing. That means, wow, she got out of prison before she was, what, 50, 40? Probably. Well, you know, you didn't used to live so long back in the day. (laughs) Maybe going to Australia was the thing to do. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, it uh, unexpected ending. And I don't know what the public outcry was. That No, they weren't specific about that. No. So it was uh, a bit surprising because I thought, well, here we go. She's going to be a goner. And, you know, the dad's going to have two kids that are no more and one that one more that probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the story that was not explored. Well, so we don't have that at all, do we? Where the the society can be swayed to either one way or the other, want to be too harsh or too lenient. Yeah. It just kind of cries out for the law of God to be the standard. How are you going to judge apart from the law of God? Yeah. Is 20 years enough for murder? Well, what if you confessed it? And Well, yeah. no. And then how do you know? If you're not going to govern by the law, then you're governing by somebody's yeah, standard of right Somebody's or morality or somebody else's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So to the law and to the testimony, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, you didn't do it. Oh, this is... <laughs> And we're not going to go through this fiasco again. <laughs> what fiasco? <laughs> I'm trying to do this cool thing at the end, and, and you just interrupted me and all laughy and I stuff. Look at I'm you. the one reminding you. You're going crazy. You're going off, man. Calm down. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network, your one-stop shop. For all your audio dominionizing needs. I feel complete. (laughs) (laughs) Got it done. Got it done. Until next time, y'all go out and dominionize. Amen. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.